0: Hello, Auburn Inside listeners. Here's the audio from one of our newest YouTube episodes. If you like this episode or the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new Trending or many of the other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask you to rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you're getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. We are wrapping up our Capital Region Adventures and wrapping it up in Glen Falls, New York. Joining me is Jack of Mean Max Brew Works. Happy to be here. Thank you very much for having us today and speaking with us about Mean Max and the second location we'll eventually get to as well. Yeah. But um, I look forward to drinking some of your beers and talking about uh, Mean Max. Cheers to that. Uh, you brought me out five delicious looking tasters here to try. What am I beginning with? Yeah, you really ran the gamut. We've got light
1: beer, dark beer, a little bit of everything for you. Uh, up first is going to be the Glen Street Lager, okay. so named because we are right here on Glen Street, and that is made with 100% New York State ingredients, helping us fulfill our commitment to be a New York State uh, farm brewery. So you've got New York grown two row malt, New York grown uh, hops in there as well. And uh, it's a easy drinking, light lager.
0: Awesome, as we do. Cheers. A toast. It's a little more than malty. What's that other flavor I'm getting? It's straight two row as far as the malt okay. goes. Yeah, but it's definitely got a
1: good backbone to complement the hops that are in there along with it too.
0: Yeah, it's very unique. It's it's a unique uh, lager for me.
1: Yeah, so. so that's one of kind of the mm. three traditional lagers that we offer. We've got that one, we've got 26, which is a Pilsner. And then we've got our Yet to be named Troy Logger as well.
0: Okay, awesome. And so, who is Mean Max? Mean Max was a cat.
1: Okay, <laughs> and that uh, and that you can kind of see in the in uh, it's, it will now be our old logo. We're phasing in a new one um, at the moment, actually. But um, the cat, the whiskers, uh, Max was a cat, and uh, he belonged to uh, one of our owners. And what he likes to say now is that Max was not necessarily mean. Max was misunderstood. <laughs> and so the logo actually comes from a drawing that a family member did, a family member or a friend, if I'm not mistaken. And so the MM, the whiskers, the eyes kind of came out of that uh, interaction with a maybe not so friendly, maybe misunderstood cat.
0: Was the a brewery cat? I know uh, it's becoming a big thing in Canada where, Uh, they adopt feral cats to basically make sure that you don't have grain loss from rats and mice. You chuck in a feral cat, and it leaves prizes for you at the front door. I don't
1: think it's a bad idea. Max was a house cat, but uh, could we use one around here? Fortunately, we haven't seen any mice or any problems, but not opposed to a brewery cat. I think it's a pretty good idea. I know the guys uh, back when Artisanal used to be at their old location, they were above a distillery. And the distillery, uh, these big windows down on the first floor, and you could see their cat often lounging on the forklift and i was like that's kind of a cool idea
0: well you guys from what i've seen it's bringing your own food or you or you deal with food in the area Yep, you're dog friendly here as well
1: dog friendly here as well Yep, absolutely and uh you know we've got the the dog bowls a little Mm -hmm. bit of water out for them and uh happy to have uh have them out on the patio and then you know in here in the tap room well behaved dogs yes yeah always
0: Always a nice caveat to throw in you don't need some like Pug or Corgi just barking at everybody. It's like, yeah. hey,
1: stop it. It's the same thing as bringing kids in, too. Oh, I, I bring my kids in sometimes, and I'm like, guys, quiet. We're at daddy's work.
0: And you just tuck, chuck them on the uh, tea, uh, golden tea. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so I read on the website you guys focus on what is called the local core mentality, or Yeah, locavore mentality. What is that about?
1: Yeah, it's about just being a part of your local community. You know, we're right here in downtown Glens Falls, right on Glen Street. I mean, there's people, you know, coming back and forth and walking by the windows every day. And then we open up the doors at five o'clock and and folks stream in. And it's uh, a matter of just having a good relationship, a working relationship and a friendship with the other restaurants, the other breweries, you know, that we share our space with, back alley backs right up to our friends next door at uh radici and at uh some other great local restaurants as well at pharmacy uh that's right back there and so you know we offer their menus in our tap room as well and we'll you know kind of with a walkie-talkie call back and forth and you know say if you want to order something off their menu they'll whip it up for you and we'll go grab it and it's uh, a matter of supporting each other you know if one of us you know one day our we had a we had a bigger crowd than we were anticipating one day and didn't have enough ice. And so we ran next door and said, hey, you know, like asking your neighbor for a cup of sugar or a cup of milk, like it's, you know, 1875, we're over there like, please, sir, can you spare a bucket of ice? And, you know, everybody's always willing to help each other out. And it's uh, been a big part of what we've tried to do is to be a part of our community, support those in our community and, you know, do whatever we can to ingratiate, you know, ingrain ourselves. In that sense of the community. Our owner lives right here in Glens Falls. All of us are within a 30-minute drive of here, so we all know the area really well. And a good portion of our beers have an Adirondack themed name or are named directly after a high peak in the Adirondack. So we recognize that we get a lot of people who go through there. So we want to be a, a stop for them on the way. You know, if hey, you're gonna go hike rooster comb, take some rooster comb up with you. There you go. Granted, it's about a nine percent double IPA. So, maybe share it with a friend when you get up to the top.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, uh, like at 18, I climbed a mountain and I drank like a 40 of really bad beer because I was 18 <laughs> and in Quebec and you're allowed to drink that age. And you're like, why did I do this? this yeah, I regret I everything I've down. done because you got to go down. Yep. And if it's like Quebec or here, if it's wintertime, yeah, you got to make sure you don't slip and slide down the mountain. Yeah, I, I see people tree, post so, pictures yeah. from the top
1: of the mountain with a beer, which we love. We always yeah. share them when people post them, but I'm like, whew. I hope you I hope you brought a buddy.
0: Yeah, for sure. How big did the community step up when the lockdowns happened?
1: Significantly. Okay. I mean, you know, we we had a, a time just like everybody did where we weren't sure what the next step was going to be. It was changing, you know, kind of day by day. And that's that's actually when I came on to work here at Mean Max part-time was kind of at the height of the pandemic. They were transitioning, obviously more. Toward canning, uh, you know, we had kind of primarily been focused here in the tap room and on distribution to local bars and restaurants. But with everything that was happening, we bought an entire eighteen-wheeler full of cans and said we need to step up our canning game. And they uh,
0: put out an ad looking for somebody to help in the cellar, and that's uh, how I got my start. I mean. Canning line stepping up it seems like an understatement from everything we have. in You front should,
1: of us. Uh, and I'll, I'll show you when we're done the, uh, the the label collection in the basement. This represents about a third, maybe a quarter of everything that we actually put into cans. And the only thing you know, kind of stopping us right now, because we we brew five days a week okay. to support twenty one draft lines. or twenty second is a cider that we bring in, mm-hmm. um, but. So, and most of those batches that we do are run in a split batch, you know, some for kegs for the tap room or for distribution, and then the rest of it into cans to either let people take home with them or to get distributed out to local beverage centers and things like that. So uh, the amount of labels that we have downstairs just for different brands uh, is pretty staggering (laughs) when you consider our small size.
0: Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I mean, you guys, and obviously how many owners are there that are part of? Just one
1: owner and two brewers.
0: Wow. Uh, yeah, five days a week sounds like you guys don't work enough almost. It's <laughs> it's it's funny when I go to other
1: places and, you know, see what they're working with and say, you know, how often do you brew? And they say, oh, once, twice a week in the busy season maybe. And we'll brew five days a week, and while one of us is brewing, the other brewer is processing the batch from, you know, they went into the bright tank the day before. So we turn beer out pretty quick.
0: And then those working, your your beer tenders, let's say. Those are all, I'm guessing, locals as well or people within the area. Who yeah, kind of...
1: absolutely. Our, our general manager, uh, who used to be kind of our head bartender, he's since uh, moved into a new role in managing both tap rooms for us. Um, he lives right up the street. Um, two of our other bartenders are within Glens Falls or the surrounding area. Uh, and then, you know, we've got our new spot down in Troy and a couple of locals from down there who are, you know, kind of taking that same mantra that we've had up here and brought it down to Troy.
0: So we're going to talk about Troy, but let me get to this second beer.
1: Yeah, what's up next? We've got Wolf's Chin, right? Wolf's Chin. Wolf's yes. Chin is our Session IPA that's going to have Sultana and Eureka hops, a little bit of oats in there for a little bit of haziness and body. But uh, it's been a, a great big seller for us as far as that Session IPA category goes. Still having a good amount of flavor.
0: It feels the Session IPAs are starting to take an upswing and lager, yeah. Lagers and um, lagers and Pilsners and Ales are really starting to step back up again too, I find. Definitely. New England's are still like the crazy, the craze haze is happening, but I feel but it's a that, little saturated. Yeah. For yeah. sure. So awesome. As we do a toast. Ooh, uh, 4.5, 5%. We're at about 4.5. Yeah. Yep. Wow. This is dangerous beer. still, it's still with a good amount of flavor. Ooh. Yeah. We've,
1: uh, we've experimented with a couple wow. of sessions and that one, uh, that unique combination of hops. Cause it's a really simple yeah. malt bill again, two row and oats and, uh, Something about those two hops. You'll you'll find another uh, eureka featured beer in there later on, but uh, those
0: those play really well together. We're really happy it's, with that one. It's got like a creaminess, a creaminess texture. I wasn't expecting a L- little so. bit of that oak character yeah. coming through. Yeah, definitely. That's that's friggin' delicious. All right, <laughs> so, awesome. Uh, so yeah, how did the uh, launch of the second tap room in Troy come about? Like, you guys were not satisfied just being in Glen Falls. You want to expand in the state of New York?
1: I would say the answer to the, the simple answer to that would be slowly okay (laughs) it it took a little while uh to to find a place to get through all the red tape um and to we did all the work ourselves uh you know we walked into this uh this beautiful historic building you know that had kind of been closed down into these smaller spaces within it you know and we walked in and said let's knock that wall out let's knock that wall out and it's a very similar layout to our Glens Falls taproom. And all these historic buildings are kind of long and narrow. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, so we went down there and over the course of about eight weeks or so, probably eight to 12 weeks, two, three months, I'd say, we knocked down walls, spackled, painted, replaced light fixtures. Also built brewing. Our, built the, yeah, <laughs> built the bar ourselves. Our, our owner and our general manager, Matt and Tori, they were sort of the, uh driving force behind all of that work uh matt's very uh technically inclined i've never i've never actually seen him call somebody to fix something if he doesn't know how to do it he'll watch a youtube video and he'll try and fix it and i'd say he's got like a 99 percent success rate
0: so that's he's, not bad as long as he's not electrocuting himself or anything
1: maybe 90 percent. <laughs> yeah no he let yeah. me he let me deal with taking out the old light fixtures <laughs> after showing me how to do it so it was uh and that's, you know, uh, in a microcosm, you know, that yeah. was kind of our small brewing community here at Mean Max, you know, the six or seven of us who were full time, you know, kind of going down there and building this thing up from scratch, you know, by no means was it a new construction or anything, but when you look at what the building was when we started and then where it is now and all the work that we put into it, you know, to see those doors finally open a couple of weeks ago was... Uh, a really really cool feeling.
0: Any idea what Glen Falls, your Glens Falls location used to be? Is same thing, a furniture store? <laughs> uh,
1: this place has had a kind of a long and storied history. It, uh, lo- the wall behind me didn't used to be here. Uh, so I believe and we're going back in before my time, but the uh, at one point this was a nightclub. Okay. There was a there was a DJ stand directly above the brewing area. Uh, and, you know, at one point, I believe uh, these columns were covered in carpet.
0: Okay. So that
1: was an interesting, yeah. And uh, at that point, it was uh, our, our current owner and uh, one of our former owners who's his uh, brother-in-law, they came in and again, did all the work themselves, you know, stripped everything down, cleaned everything up and kind of built their dream.
0: Put in some central air, which is always nice for always nice for specific summer days. Especially when you <laughs> so. got a
1: direct fire brew kettle and yeah. uh, open flame under there, yeah, definitely nice.
0: Is that part of the uh, green process you guys use uh, when brewing? Is the 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 flame? Because I saw on the website is uh, you guys use green process in you uh, for your use in brewing.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's a direct fire natural gas system. Okay. Um, Uh, again like i said it's a three barrel system we use hot water on demand um so no um hot water heater or anything like that you know the water just comes in very little waste from that and Mm -hmm. things like that so it's uh it's been a a growing process you know kind of learning how to turn as much beer through that as we can
0: so it seems like one of mean max's kind of misstatements is trying to remain as green as possible it's you know Beers from nature. Let's get back to nature in the end.
1: Yeah, definitely a little bit. There's uh, there's definitely some of that, especially with our commitment to being a farm brewery. You know, we always look at um, some of our beers. We found some great uh, hop suppliers through the New York State Craft Beer Guild, uh, who have helped supply us with some great New York State grown hops. We do uh, wet hop beers in the fall. We've sourced hops from a farm down in Half Moon called Rockin' Hops. We're going to source some. Uh, out of Skinny Atlas, New York, out in the Finger Lakes this year, uh, and so that commitment to that farm brewing, uh, you know, license that we have, we've taken a couple of different beers and looked at how can we adapt these to meet that threshold to support those local growers and others here around New York State.
0: Is there currently a, a brewing uh, section in the Troy Tap Room, or is it no
1: brewing down in Troy so for right now?
0: Driving everything down I'm by just a truck. driving
1: everything down. <laughs> our, our Nevin, our sales guy, just. He, for him, it's just another account. He's got to go drop beer off that.
0: <laughs> but the, it's the same, but the different beer accounts. Yes, so. <laughs> yes. All
1: the, all the same beer with the exception of, uh, you know, the Troy Lager. That uh, that will be exclusive to down there.
0: And then speaking of that, have, have you noticed, I'm assuming you've been to both locations. Yeah. Do you see there's a difference in the crowds between both locations? I
1: would say that up here, you know, we definitely get a little bit of that touristy crowd that you might get, you mm-hmm. know, headed up to Lake George, like I said, headed up to the Adirondacks, you know, somebody who might be on their way to go camping or hiking or something like that who stops in. Those uh, Adirondack themed beers are a huge draw for us. You know, so they come in and they see Rooster Comb or they see Tahas or they see Lake Tear of the Clouds and they say, oh, I'm, I'm going hiking up that way this weekend. You know, I wanna, I wanna drink a Rooster Comb on top of Rooster Comb. You know, I'm gonna go swim in Johns Brook I'm going to bring some John's Brook with me. So that's been uh, a really fun part of that is for people to come in and tell us, Hey, I'm coming to buy this beer because I'm going to hike that mountain. That's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Troy's still pretty new for us. Um, and obviously we don't have the uh, old enough college crowd at the moment from places like Siena or RPI. Impact. Um, and so I would yeah. imagine, you know, that maybe kind of as the school year picks up a little bit, we might see some of that you know, from the older crowd there in the colleges. And then um, it's just uh, a matter of getting the word out about Troy too. So people, uh, I was in there though uh, last Saturday and uh, we left because again, I had my kids with me. So I was like, let's get out of here before you cause a scene. (laughs) So we left around 530 and and right around then was when people were starting to come in. But Troy runs an incredible farmer's market on Saturdays. Uh, Widely regarded, I think, as one of the biggest and best farmers markets in the capital area. So, and they shut down streets that we happen to be right in the middle of. So, in order to accommodate that, I believe it starts at 9. So, and to accommodate that, we open right at 10 on Saturday mornings. And people come right in the door wanting to grab a four pack. Or we had one guy come in a couple weeks ago for a case of beer. You know, it's like, because for, and and we love this, that, Mm -hmm. you know, that, Idea of going to get a craft beer, you know, while you're at a farmer's market, you know, we're we we do not have a farm, yeah, but it's a it's a farm product. It's a you know, it's a craft product, and the same way that you can go and pick up fresh produce or a craft or things like that, pick up a craft beer while you're at it.
0: And for that farm brewing license, I understand it's at least sixty percent of the ingredients going into your beers have to be from New York State. Yeah,
1: and it changes. I think it goes up either every year. Every there's a, there's a uh, an increase, and okay. in you know, not an exponential increase, but a slight increase every now and then and it, it, i believe it's around 60 right now yeah and so all of our new york state beers are well over that
0: and i know at one point new york state was the hop growing capital of, of america yeah they moved to the west coast do you see maybe a return coming because you mentioned like there's a hop grower that you guys deal with locally
1: i think so yeah it's certainly with some varieties you know some of your exotics
0: are always going to be you know, yeah, you're not going to get this New Zealand hop growing here. Yeah, we might, we might
1: not get Matika, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, grown, in, uh, grown in Half Moon, New York, but I would love it if we could. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we sourced, we did two harvest beers um, last year in late August, and I actually went out on a Sunday, and uh, the guys in the local homebrew club, because obviously that's how I started brewing too, um, He, the grower invites them all out every year to help. And so he said, we're harvesting this, and if you want it, you can pick it up. And so I said, all right, great. Put me to work for a couple hours. And I went out and actually helped cut down the binds, pick all the hops off, you know, get them loaded up, get them ready to go to the processor and things like that. Pick up all the little ones that fall on the ground. And then he took them to the processor. And then that Monday morning, Matt and Joel came in and they started on the first batch. And then we were gonna run everything through wet hop uh, at the end, on its way down to the fermenter, and so by the time I had come in, I went over to this guy's house, picked up the hops in a grain bag, bundled them up, brought them up, and we ran one batch through, and then while that one was boiling, we mashed in on the second one, and we did a double brew day with hops that had been picked 13, 14 hours earlier. That's cool. So it was really cool to be a part of that, and. Uh, yeah, and he grows, gosh, seven, eight different varieties. These guys out in the Skinny Atlas have uh, 10, 12 different varieties and, and some stuff that maybe you wouldn't expect. It's obviously a, a lot of your noble hops and uh, more traditional, the big three C's and things like that. But um, I'd love to see them expanding a little bit. You know, like I, for my own brewing at home, like I got cashmere from it yeah. last year and I was like, it's not the most exotic thing in the world, but it's got a, it's got a little got a little more flavor to it, maybe.
0: It's one of my favorite hops in beer. Me too. Any beer, so. Me too. I, I mean, speaking of that, as a brewer, what's your craft beer journey like? What I assume you started at twenty-one or maybe yeah, below, but, yeah, definitely. Uh, tw- twenty-one legally in, a, in this in the USA. Um, I'm guessing you started with Macro. What what brought you to the world of craft beer?
1: I think the first time I ever had an IPA when I was definitely twenty-one. Uh, yeah, or no, yeah. wait,
0: eighteen. You traveled to Montreal and eighteen. Mon- yes, yeah, yes okay. that's exactly yeah. what it
1: was. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. And uh, I, the first one I ever had was, I think, a Harpoon IPA. And I took a sip of it and I spit it out and I said, "That is gross." Let me go back to Bud Light. And I still love a Bud Light and now I love a Harpoon and now I love so much more. Uh, but I, I don't know, I think the first beer that I really remember being like, and it's funny cause it's not all that dissimilar, um, was probably like a Dogfish 60 minute. I love that, that made me, that was the first time too that I was like, what is that hop? I need to know what that is. I love that taste, that pine resin from a Dogfish 60 and the Simcoe hops. And so then when I started home brewing, I was like, everything has to have Simcoe. Everything has to have Simcoe. <laughs> and I was like, okay, maybe not everything, but... Uh, as much as possible. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was sort of, I guess, the introduction. And then it wasn't until I started working here, one of my favorite programs that we run through here is our sour program. And it's called Never Say Never, colon, whatever the flavor is. Mm-hmm. And it's called that because when the owner opened, he said, I'm never going to make a sour. I think they're gross. And now there's some of our most popular beers. We've run from standard fruit flavors into now tropical fruit and then back flavored with a little bit of marshmallow and vanilla to balance out that sourness and kind of the tartness from the fruit. So it's been, and I didn't even get into those until I started working here. I was like, gosh, everybody likes these. Maybe I should try one. And I tried a raspberry sour and then it's like wow, that's really good. Blackberry sour, and now uh, mixed berry marshmallow sour, and mm. it's uh, you know still evolving. You know something like this is our uh, <laughs> this is called Redbeards. It's a resurrection of an old recipe that's it's an ESB. Okay, but when we put it on the menu as an ESB. People see those traditional styles like you did with a Dark Mile, yeah. like, you know, a little bit, and they're like, "Let's well,
0: let's talk let's talk about that." I yeah, think that's my and next one. So. That's
1: a that that's a return to a traditional brewing style. Okay. It's three point five percent, a little bit of roasty malt in there, but very traditional. And you know, even if so, we rebranded this as a amber ale. Okay, and people like it more. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> that's Yeah, just seeing Dark Miles ESPs is so rare. But whenever I see them. Uh, you know that, and clearly when Marzen's and October has come around. Sure, yeah. Yes, I want those. I want the classic styles. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think they're phenomenal.
0: Ooh. Nice malty.
1: It's just it's just something, I think, I, for some reason, I think a lot of people think English. Yeah. And that, you know, maybe it's going to be warm like they do in the UK. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, you're brainwashed by, by TV and media. Yeah. You see the the old school guy with his cigarette sticking out of his mouth and he's like, right, what do you want? And he's a got the of pump handle. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, uh, well, those are delicious. Unfortunately, I've never been to Europe to try beer, but I'm sure those are delicious. I like my beer a little cooler sometimes, yeah, but not absolutely. freezing cold where I don't get the flavor. I, I like it a little cooler. I, that's fair. Yeah. So then what got you into, from drinking that 60-minute IPA, what got you into, hey, I can make this on my own?
1: When I uh, pulled up to my... Uh, the house that I was gonna live in my senior year of college. I had a U-Haul full of stuff for my final year of school. And uh, a friend of mine said, who I was living with, he said, uh, hey, I got a I got a beer making kit from a relative for my birthday, you wanna make that? And I said, yeah, I don't have to return the U-Haul till tomorrow. <laughs> I left everything in the truck and we made beer in the afternoon. And by the end of that year, there was a local homebrew store uh, in Connecticut where we were. And by the end of that year, I think of the uh, seven of us that lived in the house, we had all made multiple five gallon batches. And it was just sort of the thing that we did that year and everybody else kind of fell away from it. Okay. And I was like, I'm gonna keep going with this. This is a lot of fun. And then, like I said, at the height of COVID, these guys reached out. I had actually won a, uh, a contest that oh. they ran through the local homebrew club. Um, they said, everybody make a brown ale, bring it in. And the guys from Mean Max are going to come taste it and whoever wins, they'll make their beer and they'll put it on tap. And so I won that and then saw their Facebook post about needing a job something like four, five years later. And I said, hey, I don't know if you guys remember me, but yeah. uh, here's my story and I'm looking for a job or I'm, I'm interested in yeah. you know filling that job that you guys have. And I said, sure. Come on in and we'll talk.
0: And it all worked out. I don't know what you went from before, but I'm sure, I mean, I could taste the passion here. Yeah. I'm sure you went from, I have an okay job to I'm going to go brew. It might not be the big, big bucks that everybody claims it is, which <laughs> through this show we learned it's not at all, but it's your passion is in glass Your Your art form is here in this glass. It's-
1: Absolutely. I, so I was a, I was a TV morning news anchor down in Schenectady. Okay. I'd been doing that. in I'd been doing that in Schenectady for about six and a half years and Myrtle beach in Texas before that, you know, I was, uh, morning anchorman. And when I started here, I would go to work in the morning. I was best thing is that I was out by about 11 o'clock in the morning because I had to get up at two o'clock in the morning to do the morning news. And then I'd come home, change into stuff to work in the brewery. And I'd come here and put in four or five hours, three, two to three days a week. Hmm. And it was just to help them turn out as many cans as we could. And then when my contract at the TV station was up, I said, Gosh, I wonder if they can find a spot for me full time. And it was just about the time that they were looking at expanding and opening a second tap room or a second brewing location. It was all kind of up in the air at that point. And then uh, they said, "Yeah, we'll bring you on and we'll teach you how to brew and you know on our on our system and we'll double our output or that's, you know what, whatever it winds up growing by." It's quite the shift, like TV <laughs> was, to, was. to make a
0: beer. I mean. So, I mean, as a Montrealer, I have to ask this question since I travel to Plattsburgh all the time. Do you ever meet Tom Messner from uh, NBC News? He was the weather anchor. He's like super famous in Plattsburgh.
1: I know the name. Okay. So our our signal didn't reach Plattsburgh. Okay. Okay. So they, I I believe they have their own market. Mm -hmm. Are they, I think they get their news from Burlington. Yeah. So, all right. That makes sense. That's why I know the name. Um, So I don't think I ever crossed paths with him, but I certainly know the name. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody around here that doesn't.
0: Yeah, for sure. And there's not many Montrealers who don't know who Tom bet, is, yeah. especially where if you travel to Lake George or Plattsburgh, sure, sure. the parking lots are just full of Quebec plates. Yep, so. yep, that's awesome. Uh, so you mentioned kind of discovered through online, hey, come here and brew a beer. Is is that a, that's still a thing of hey, let's uh, have the occasional brewing competition between home brewers at mean max
1: it's something that i haven't seen us do since coming on board um whether or not they i know it'd be a lot, be a lot it, of fun like mine yeah. nobody yeah. else's <laughs> cool. i also don't think the beer that i made sold particularly well okay but i don't know it'd be interesting to have them go pull the numbers yeah. i'd be curious i've never done that it's a yeah. good question um but it was one of those things that uh you know it goes back to that kind of ethos of being involved in the community and you know, and I didn't realize it at the time that uh, when I first came back to the brewery and re-met Joel, who's yeah. you know been the original brewer here, I didn't realize that he was one of the ones. He and Matt, the owner, were the ones who were there judging my beer that day. And so we had a laugh about. I still have the pictures on my phone of <laughs> you know when I came in and made the beer, uh, and I was like, "That was you all that way back then." He was like, "Yeah, I haven't gone anywhere. I've been here the whole time."
0: That's cool. I, I like it. I like breweries that do that, that, you know, their customers are home brewers. It's, Hey, let's shoot yeah. that out. And Hey guys, try something and we'll, we'll have a, a, let's say a Pilsner winner, a stout winner and a something else winner.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, it's uh it's again, a great way to, you know, bring in those craft beer yeah. fans and kind of make them feel like they're a little bit included in the process. Yeah. Even, you know, it's uh, it's always a fun conversation.
0: And then also using social media to Announce your uh, the release of your second tap room. Yep. Did you find uh, yourself and the owners? Uh, was there good engagement of hey, like we already go to Mean Max. There's a second one coming. Let's let's head down to Troy's. What half hour? Thirty five minutes.
1: Troy's a little farther. Forty five. Yeah. Okay. You hit a little bit of traffic on the way down. It might be closer to an hour. But we wanted somewhere that was outside of Glens Falls. You know, we didn't want a second location. You know, that was. I guess easy to get to from where we are we want to do we wanted to grow we wanted to expand yeah. um so we looked at you know kind of everywhere in the capital region we looked at you know albany we looked at schenectady we looked at troy we looked at um well, boston spot yeah. where you guys okay. were at speckled big yeah. you know we had we had our eyes on a, a couple of spots not all that far from their current tap room um and it just so happened that troy worked for us we liked the spot quite a bit We were able to kind of see the vision of what it could become and then saw that, okay, you know, if we put in the elbow grease, we do the work, then we can turn this into what we want it to be. And it wound up working out beautifully for us. But the reaction online has been stupendous. I mean, just the amount of people who not only from the Glens Falls and kind of the North Country area, but folks from down in that Albany, Schenectady, Troy, and even farther south into the Hudson Valley who say, Again, that goes back to that. I come up your way to go to the Adirondacks, to go to Lake George, so I've stopped in, but it's only two, three times a year. When we go up to the cabin, when we do this or that, it's like, oh my gosh, I I don't have to go as far now. I can go check out your new taproom, and I believe down there we have 14 draft lines, so we're gonna offer, I mean, and everything that we have up here that doesn't go on draft winds up going down in cans. Yeah. Everything on draft plus the extra eight beers that are going to be available in cans plus whatever's not available on draft that's in cans. Yeah. So the same wide spectrum of beers that you're used to getting up here in Glens Falls, you'll yeah. be able to get down in Troy. Yeah. Just
0: slap them in the fridge and they're there. Exactly. So, and buy them in the tap room. And if they don't have them in the tap room, I'm guessing maybe a couple of stores, distributors will have them nearby. So. I
1: mentioned, but. you know, kind of the uh, tour de force that is... Brewing and turning out and flipping beer every day. Uh, and our sales guy, Nevin, is a one man wrecking crew of delivery machine. He uh, makes his way from Lake George to Albany to Lake Placid, out to Schuylerville, down to Troy. He has put more miles on our delivery van in the last year or so than I think it had in the years prior.
0: I think I've seen you guys a craft beer cabin in Plattsburgh. Or, yeah. yeah uh, Wouldn't surprise me. I don't think it's technically Plattsburgh. Eh, whatever. But not before. It's far. just after Plattsburgh. Yep, uh, yep. So if you're traveling from Montreal, it's before Plattsburgh. If you're leaving Plattsburgh, it's just after Plattsburgh. Okay. So <laughs> it's it's if I want to head to Danamora Prison, I could go get beer first. Yeah, there so, you go. If I want to go get arrested, I'll just <laughs> get a beer. Hopefully first. not at the same time. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's get another beer here and uh, then we'll. I got some more questions from there, but. That's
1: gonna be your John's Brook. That is our middle of the road IPA, that rooster comb and lake tier that I mentioned. Those are both eight and a half, nine percenters. John's Brook clocks in right about six. Uh, It's gonna be Eureka and Mosaic hops. So a little bit of that same flavor profile from the Wolf's Chin with more oats, more malt. But again, a really simple malt build. Hoping to highlight the hops.
0: A Little bit bigger percentage too, so. That too. Awesome. A toast. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I could have a bunch of these while that, watching that a That addition then... of the
1: mosaic really helps to up that profile, too. The Sultana is great in the Wolf's Chin, but, you know, mosaic just has a little bit of a bigger profile.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's delicious. And that creaminess, again, it's, it's the, like you said, probably the oats. Yep, yeah.
1: definitely, and you'll get and more you have of quite that.
0: The, at least for the IPAs I've had, it's got quite the oat profile, which... I enjoy the creaminess more than like that punchy bitterness.
1: Yeah, definitely. And so all of our, you know, IPAs that fall into that New England style, um, Johnsbrook being one of them, they feature a hefty dose of oats and a hefty dose of uh, wheat flakes as well. So that helps give it that body, that creaminess, something to kind of offset the big juiciness of the hops.
0: All right, so let's continue along the uh, social media line. Uh, you guys are using Instagram as a naming contest for a beer coming out.
1: Instagram and Facebook. Okay, uh, but all social media. So if you want to suggest a name for our Troy Lager, uh, we're soliciting whatever you got. You know, and we had so we have Glen Street. So in in, in Troy, we're at two fifty one River Street. So we said, gosh, you know, do we just do River Street? Do we do Troy's the birthplace of Uncle Sam? Do we do Uncle Sam's Lager? Do we? Uh, it's known as the Collar City for making shirt collars. Yeah. Collar City Lager, but but we kind of had the thought that you know maybe maybe our fans, maybe our you know the members of that community, again trying to involve them. Do they have a better idea? So we put it out there and said, name the beer. What do you got? And some of my favorite responses have been the people that suggest something and then they give you the context behind it. You know I, I didn't know that troy was also known as the iron city because they used to make horseshoes yeah so i was like that's kind of cool and then somebody mentioned a brewery that was open there in the late 1800s fitzgerald's at Fitzgerald the brothers i think and so they said fitzy fitzy lager or something <laughs> like that and yeah so all those you know it's not somewhere that any of us with the exception of you know some of our uh beer tenders who work down there you know we're not as familiar with the area but we mm-hmm. want to be and we want to learn about it so just reading through some of the comments and some of the suggestions has been really cool to be like and i found myself you know i'll google something that somebody suggests i'm like what is that what does that mean yeah. And go in there and look at that and so we're going to pick a winner out of that and uh announce that when we do our grand opening
0: and what's the price
1: fifty dollars gift card to use yep you use at either location and uh you know your name is part of the mean max history books
0: that's awesome Speaking of that, Me Max history books. You guys, as a Kickstarter campaign, what was all that about?
1: That was uh, just a way to get going, and okay. it uh, you know sort of goes all the way back to that. You know, our our original owners, our owner and his brother-in-law were members of this community. You know, their kids go to school here, and so if you look on the board, you know, you'll find family members, you'll find friends, you'll find people that still come into the tap room this day so that that really helped us get our get off our get off the ground and get our feet going
0: and you guys are coming up on nine years in the glenn's nine
1: years nine years this weekend yep so actually uh, it's gonna be Joel and I behind the bar so we thought it would be fun to you know for to celebrate nine years you know come in and you want to pester the Brewers you know (laughs) ask a question whatever it may be you know come in and talk to us and we'll see if we can't remember how to sling beer
0: what are the uh... Big plans that'll, when this is released, unfortunately, to will be after the anniversary, but what are some of the uh, big plans you guys have for the anniversary?
1: Uh, we are going to have, we'll have a couple of different specials running, things like that. Um, we'll have live music, and we are going to do, uh, my boss loves a beer float. Okay. Like a dark, one of our dark stouts, whether it's one of the pastry stouts, a little bit of ice cream on top. I thought he was crazy. Yeah. The first time I saw him do it, but he did it with uh, he did it with a brown ale and mint chocolate chip ice cream, and maybe he's onto something.
0: I mean, speaking of that pastry stout, that's my last beer I got here.
1: It is, and doesn't look like it.
0: Yeah, I know. That's that when is, I saw this color. I went, did he pour the right one? That so. is
1: antimatter. That is a blonde stout made with vanilla wafer
0: cookies. Oh, my God. The nose is fantastic. Yeah,
1: we're really happy with that one. And that started as uh, the first uh, kind of in that true pastry stout category that we did was one with Oreos. And then we did another one with peanut butter and chocolate. And then I'd seen the blonde stout phase. That is uh, Uh, peanut butter and fluff.
0: Yeah, see this. I discovered this, your coconuts, and your Mexican dark lager in Saratoga.
1: Yeah. And so this was a kind of a challenge to... Can we do it blonde? Can we throw a little coffee on the back end, some cocoa nibs, and see if we can't still get that stout character?
0: I want this in a candle. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, a, great, it's a really good a idea. A toast. Oh, my gosh. A lot of flavor. Wow. Yeah. But it's not, like, punchy, crazy, over-the-top, like, mind-blowing flavor. It's. it's I don't think it's overly really chewy yeah. or really
1: sweet. It's... Uh, I mean, it's everybody oh that tries it has that reaction. The whoa. Yeah. And that's what I wanted when we, when we made that beer, when we were creating that recipe, I wanted it to look the opposite of the way that it tasted. Yeah. You know, I wanted people to taste it and go, this is the wrong beer. This is the wrong color. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's had that reaction. Cause it
0: doesn't say pastry white stout, it just says pastry stout. Right. So right. As and a so beer I... drinker, you're assuming it's a darker beer.
1: Right, our dark beers are called Dark Matter. We have Dark Matter Cookies and Cream, yeah. Dark Matter Peanut Butter and Chocolate, and we call the light version antimatter
0: hmm it's, it's quite the change. Yeah. I, I don't know how I'm going to shift from my next question to like this crazy <laughs> beer. I mean, I'd like to, you know, does the owner pretty much give you guys carte blanche to do what you want? like so Make something and hope it sells? Yeah,
1: there's, um, there's a little bit of an advantage to that to being on a small system, you know, in that we can experiment if we make something that we're not in love with we're not, you know, we don't have ten barrels of it to, you know, pretend to push out because even we don't like it, uh, you know, and we we're never going to do that anyway. But uh, he's given us a lot of free rein as long as we get the, you know, the core beers done that we need to get done. You know, we have uh, we have a folder on the on the computer that's just ideas. You know, and we'll just start making a recipe, coming up with something. Um, matt can't stand uh southern hemisphere hops new zealand australia doesn't like galaxy doesn't like batika there's just something about it that doesn't agree with his palette uh, but we have a rotating hop series beer and we we're trying to come up with something new and i said let us do new zealand yeah. or australia let us let's do something and he said okay fine you can do one and he didn't like it and that's fine that's fine but
0: did people buy it? But it moved. Yeah, it So <laughs> moved. We did yeah.
1: it with uh, a and uh, Matika. I'm not and a uh, Vic Secret. So we had a little New Zealand, little Australia, uh, and yeah, it was just a, a fun experiment and something like uh, something like the antimatter. You know, we all stood around the computer looking at Beersmith, going, "What if we did this? What if we did that? All right, switch this for that. Put this in there instead." And so there are days that, you know, we'll get done with what we have to get done and then we'll sit around and have a beer and go, anybody got any
0: ideas?
1: (laughs) And that's a, I mean, that couldn't be to me any more fun just to sit around with your friends and your coworkers and say, what do you guys want to make tomorrow? Let's do something cool. Okay.
0: Love it. Yeah. Uh, So you guys are the first ones we've spoken to in the capital region, uh, Darts League. Yeah. What, What brought that about?
1: Big darts fans. Lots okay. of darts fans amongst the uh, amongst the old guard, if you will, the ownership. And uh, so, yeah, we have dart uh, three dart boards down in Troy as well. But Thursday nights up here, during the season, we take a break during uh, the summertime because everybody's so busy. But every Thursday night up here, we have about a, oh, let's see, 10, 12-team dart league.
0: So that's so, 24 people drinking beer. Yeah. it
1: brings people in all the time yeah and we get people who substitute in you know when somebody can't make it yeah we get people who just kind of come and watch and hang out but yeah it's a unbelievable way to bring some 30 odd people into your tap room on what otherwise might be a quiet thursday
0: and then you guys also do trivia nights and trivia nights on wednesday Uh, and
1: we're uh by the time this is out we'll have launched trivia down in troy okay on wednesday nights as well and uh yeah, those are kind of the, the the standard two, you know, who doesn't have trivia these days. Yeah. But, you know, you throw a darts league in there as well. And I'm still pushing for a uh, golden tee league as well to get that going. Yeah. But you have to dress as a golfer.
0: Yeah. Oh, there come you go. Come in and play. Yeah. Uh, can I dress as a disc golfer? Because I play disc. There you go. That'd work too.
1: <laughs> and well, we right. have, I, sh- I should mention, we have um, the Glens Falls Run Club. Okay. Um, they come out every Tuesday, meet right out front. Everybody goes for a run and then they all come back and have a beer.
0: I mean, and it also looks like if you shift to the table, you could do a cornhole league in here if you guys want to. Yeah, and,
1: yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, there's there's room for yeah. whatever. And, you know, the darts isn't limited long. to Thursday. You know, they yeah. can they can come in and play. we got darts behind the bar, and people can play whenever they want.
0: Yeah. Like I said, long and narrow. Yes, so. exactly, exactly. <laughs> you need that long part for cornhole. So.
1: Yeah, Now, I guess rumor on the street is that we are uh, going to be competing in a curling tournament Ooh. against other breweries this you October. Cool. There's Arena, a, right? it, it'll be, uh, down at this, if I'm not mistaken, the Schenectady Curling Club. Okay. They've offered to uh, kind of have an event and have the brewers go against each other. And I've been wanting to try curling ever since I saw it in the Winter Olympics. So let am give it a shot. me
0: Mean Max kind of participate in any other events or is it just, uh...
1: We do the New York State Craft Beer Festival. We do, uh, Tap New York, you know, big festival out at the Woodstock Fairgrounds, um, we participate in the food truck corral that's every thursday that's cool um so we bring beer over to that and something like our creamsicle beers you know especially during the summertime when people are out at those always a huge hit little taste of summer and uh then uh the park theater which is right next door um or right uh street over i should say they um they do a concert series a comedy series um bring in performances and we kind of run the bar at that as well so you can get me and Max over there while you're taking in a show,
0: too. I mean, mentioning festivals, you've only been here a couple of years from the sound of it, but how fun or frustrating are those beer festivals?
1: A mix of both. Okay. Uh, we, we had a good showing last year, that Dark Matter Cookies and Cream Stout, the one made with Oreos, that took a silver medal in the Pastry Stout category last year. This year we brought three beers that we thought were fantastic, and we got skunked last year. Or so, or you know, earlier this year I should say. So that was a bit of a bummer. Um, but what always resonates, you know, for me, and that, this goes back to you know when I compete as a home brewer too, is that the interactions that you have with people. I don't think unless you're really good at it it's really hard to fake whether or not you like something. (laughs) And just the interactions that we get with people, the fact that we come home with empty kegs, you know, and that we know that people are drinking them, liking them, and I, I can tell right away when somebody comes up for a pour or something and they go, oh, it's very good. And I'll watch them and I'll watch them dump it in one of the dump buckets or something like that. But, you know, you can kind of pick those out, but it's the positive interactions that you have with people that I think are still really encouraging.
0: And then uh, along that lines, too, how, how beneficial is the New York State uh, Brewing uh, Beer App for people discovering you guys?
1: Oh, phenomenal. It, it's, it's phenomenal. They uh, We have people come in all the time. We do the um, craft beer passport. You know, we're a stop on that so people can come
0: in. and You guys are the last brewery. We're right up there, yeah. And then it's Adirondack Winery right yep. above you guys. Yeah, so. and they've been a
1: great friend to us as well with the Adirondack Wine and Food Festival and doing stuff with them. Um, but uh, the passports are huge to bring people in, the app, you know, we have people come in all the time and say, you know, like, I found you guys on here, and, you know, and we say, oh, well, where are you going next? And they say, oh, we're going to go down this way, and we're going to stop here, and, you know, a lot of times those people who use the app, they also have the passport because they want to, you know, check off as many as (laughs) they can, yeah.
0: That's me. It's beer Pokemon. Gotta Got to drink them all, so. (laughs) Uh, Just a few more questions. Um, Please. What made you decide... Or what made the team decide to bring in cocktails on top of not just beer?
1: I mean, I think we know that not everybody's a craft beer drinker. Um, so when it came to what else can we offer, you know, under that farm brewing license, we're allowed to offer New York State craft wine and spirits as well. And so some of the spirits that we offer, in particular, um, I'll shout out, you know, Yankee Distilling. Uh, they're down in Clifton Park, and they are also who we get a lot of our barrels from. So that partnership extends beyond just, hey, we want to serve your product. They serve our beer in their tasting room as well, because not everybody likes whiskey. Yeah. yeah. They're fools. But <laughs> not everybody likes a, a whiskey or a bourbon or-
0: uh, Hold on. I don't like mass-produced whiskey. But I like craft whiskey.
1: That's fair. Then you got to go, get to Yankee then. Cause So for that, for us, it's, you know, we'll serve your liquor, you'll serve our beer. Hey, by the way, we did one of my favorite, you know, kind of collaborations and uh, examples of that, you know, community helping each other is that he made a bourbon and then gave us the barrel, which we put a coconut cream ale in and Mm -hmm. aged. And then we emptied it. Uh, Maybe it was a coconut. It was a coconut beer. Maybe it probably wasn't the cream ale, it might've been a stout anyway we then took the beer out of the barrel then gave him back the barrel to use again to age something else in. so it went three generations of use obviously when he put something back in it couldn't be called bourbon but it was uh you know we were able to kind of try all three things try the original bourbon try the beer that we made and then try what he aged then in that barrel after the fact after it had, had that coconut and obviously all the beer flavors in there as well so it's a it's a matter of, you know, what else can we offer people, you know, because we want to get people in the door. And if it's a, a craft cocktail, you know, a lot of our cocktails are, again, Adirondack themed or, uh, you know, we've got the ADK Buck. Um, we've got all kinds of things that just hopefully will get people here and then keep them here and say, you know, oh, well, I can bring my wife or my husband, my partner, whoever it might be, who, you know, isn't really a craft beer person, but. In my mind, I'm also always saying like, well, if you like that, maybe you should try the Russian Imperial yeah. Stout, because that's got some boozy notes to it. I'm always trying to find a way to sneak some craft beer in there for them.
0: Uh, and then the seltzer's on top of that, because the seltzer crowd's becoming large. So. Seltzer's
1: been, uh, yeah, so we flavor our seltzer uh, kind of at the point of service. Okay. Um, and what that allows us to do is just offer so many different varieties. You know, whereas we could brew four batches of different flavored seltzer, this way we brew one batch and we can okay, you know, do yeah. it that cool. way. It's, uh, for, for our size and for what we're doing, it's definitely the most efficient way for us to do it.
0: Uh, who's the sign guitar?
1: That is from Gemfest, which is a music festival that happens up here in Glens Falls. We host some of the acts here in the tap room. They're over at uh, a venue called The Shirt Factory and a couple other spots around town as well and uh the guy who puts it together uh his name is brian he uh he played that guitar okay and then uh also got a bunch of the local uh, or the uh, acts who were playing to sign it for us and, very cool you know we've been a they've been a great friend to us in promoting our beer and having us be part of the festival and we try and do the same for them and host a couple of pre-concerts on the way leading up to the festival but that just happened uh, about a month ago
0: it's that community, right? It's,
1: exactly. It's, you and you gotta know, got
0: to be a tight-knit community or else you guys probably wouldn't survive if you didn't have the amount have that of people, people so. who, who
1: come in here, you know, offering to pitch something or, you know, they want a, you know, we're always open to, you know, do you need a donation for something, you know, it's uh it's again, like you said, that that same sense of community that we want to be
0: a part of. Could just get our beers across each other's borders, I would just drag you guys up to <laughs> do stuff in Montreal. Yeah. Uh, And then finally, um, has uh, Mean Max pulled in any statewide or USA awards when it comes to the beers?
1: We haven't submitted anything, at least uh, not in my time here. And I don't think prior to that, you know, to like Great American Beer Festival or anything like that. But uh, I mentioned that uh, Dark Matter took a medal at TAP New York. Um, Rooster Comb also took a medal. Those the the two that are Mm -hmm. hanging up back there. Uh, Rooster Comb also took the medal a couple of years ago. Um, and then, like I said, I I take just as much value from something like there was a um, Glens Falls Beer Festival that was at down at the Cool Insuring Arena. And we took best, uh, best overall beer, if I'm not mistaken, nice. for the Pineapple Cream School. And so, you know, something like that, that was just kind of a local event to... You know, we didn't bring home a trophy or yeah. anything like that, but I'll take
0: it. Still, with how crazy social media is, especially with craft beer drinkers, we look at social media to find our beer. If we're yeah. to drink it. That's that's just a little name somewhere. Is oh, these guys won an award. I gotta gotta go drink these guys. Yeah, sure. so yeah, absolutely. What's the future of Mean Max and Glen Falls, Troy, and State of New York and beyond?
1: Continued growth, I think. You know, that's really what we'd like to do, and. Um, like we mentioned uh, a couple of times, just we're we're only a couple of weeks in Detroit, uh, and if that picks up the way that we're hoping to, we're going to find ourselves needing to make more beer pretty quickly. So uh, that growth that hopefully comes along with that, you know, we're really excited about Troy. Really excited about the reaction that we've gotten so far and the reception, the welcoming, open arms of the folks down in Troy, and. Uh, you know, we have people that come into the Glens Falls tap room and say, "I'm so happy for you guys. That's so exciting. I can't wait to," you know, people from up here saying, "I want to go down to Troy and go see the new space and things like that." So, I think we're really hopeful that we'll take a big step forward with that second location, and then who knows? Sky's the limit. Make more beer, give Joel and I some new shiny toys to play with, and uh, <laughs> I think that would be a lot of fun. And you know, some automation, and uh, we got a long we got a long wish list, and. Joel and I are gonna bring it up at a staff meeting.
0: <laughs> you guys are just about to hit only nine years here. You've only been on a couple of years. Joel uh, coming up on nine years from the sound of yeah. it. It's still a lot of room to play with. You guys are kind of a, a teen, not even a teenager yet. No, no, in uh, the
1: grand scheme of craft beer, you know, we're, we're really young, but yeah. it, uh, it certainly feels like we've been around for a lot longer. And, uh, you know, I, I think the, the quality and the variety and what we're putting out seems like it comes from a far more established brewery
0: yeah yeah no I mean fantastic beers uh we've we tried the the all fluffed up uh on our separate just podcast where we get together and drink beer and everybody's like oh my god the peanut butter oh I get a bit of that marshmallow it's you know (laughs) I just brewed that yesterday we all don't have the best palates in the world but we all like can get a little bit of everything and we just enjoy the crap beer and that's why we do this. and and then the reason for the show is to get guys out like yourselves and and ladies in the brewing industry. It's not just a guy's game anymore, is the names out there. And and that's why hopefully we're around. Um, And we're also trying to make our viewers discover you. And for those who are trying to discover you, where can people find uh, Mean Max at both locations?
1: So you can find us at 193 Glen Street in Glens Falls. And then at 251 River Street in Troy, we're on all social media at Mean Max Brew. That's Instagram and Facebook as well. I run both of those accounts, so if you want to shoot me a message, uh, and we're so happy to have been on the podcast today, so shoot us some messages, let us know that you listen, post some pictures. We're always resharing everything that we get. Mean Max Brew on Instagram and Facebook as well.
0: Uh, The website?
1: Meanmaxbrew.com. Awesome. Keeping it easy.
0: That's the best way to go. (laughs) Speaking of easy. Uh, you can find us on allbeerinside.com as the website. Uh, everything we've mentioned is going to be in the show notes. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and hit the notification bell for all future episodes. Add all Beer inside on all social media. As I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap.